Okay, recording, go. to the bar episode three season two we're back over zoom but uh such is life not ideal but i think that's the story of the year joining me as always ideally is georgia dixon hello 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 everyone welcome back to another good episode uh speaking of zoom uh breakdowns or zoom issues as justin's just said today i was actually uh, judging a negotiation, which I literally just finished five minutes ago. And I didn't realize that I was on mute and my mum walked in and we had a full conversation about what we're going to eat in the fridge for lunch and for dinner tonight and how much of a serving size it was going to be. And <laughs> they heard the entire thing. It was very, very embarrassing. But we heard about their professionalism. They kept going, which is, uh, Yes, huge props to these people. It was their first time ever negotiating and they did it with full professionalism and continued to pretend that I wasn't there making an absolute fool of myself. Yeah, you've given them a smooth little introduction to negotiation, haven't you? Throwing them one of the biggest curveballs ever. We do our best. I'm trying to collate and bring in more people to my favourite competition. And um, don't leave us in suspense. What is for, for lunch and dinner? Oh, uh, for lunch, we had pesto pasta with pumpkin, feta and zucchini. It was very, very yummy. And we haven't decided on dinner yet. That's when I noticed my mic was still on. So we're going <laughs> to <laughs> discuss that tonight. Do you have any big plans for today, Justin? Uh, not a lot. I've, got, I've just done my torts lecture. Now I've got a contracts uh, shoot after this. Um, and then I think I'm going to head to the world famous uh, Chinese noodle house a bit later tonight, which will be, um, you know, as dodgy as usual. <laughs> a classic favourite for all UTS students. But whilst <laughs> this is making me more and more hungry, I'm sure it's doing the same to our guests. So I better hurry along and introduce them. We have two very special guests today. At the risk of advertising another competing podcast, but one that I am a very big fan of. So really this was just an invitation for me to meet these two people. We have on the line Geneva Secular and Caitlin Burke, who are lawyers at Allen's and they host the Allen's podcast called Allen's Confidential. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having us guys. Thank you, it's, a, it's an honor. Thank you for coming on. Um, Georgia mentioned competing podcasts, I don't think it's exactly in competition. It's it's well above. But, but um, how is that going? How have you found how have you found uh, running a podcast? Oh, it's great fun. I um I often wonder how we managed to convince the firm to just let us do this, but you know they somehow did. So it's great to meet different people from all over Allens and hear their stories. We work with these really interesting, funny, and creative people. So it's been so exciting getting to know everyone a bit more and hearing their stories. Yeah, and as for me, I kind of swooped in when the podcast was already uh, very much kind of a, a functional product. So I did zero hard work. I kind of just bring a lot of technical issues and um, <laughs> kind of like uninvited commentary every week. So, yeah, absolutely love it. Um, great to be here. Just swooping in to steal the glory. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> there's always, there's always one person with the technical issues, and I, I do feel for you, Caitlin, because it's often me. 
Yeah, it well, is always Caitlin. It's not often. It's always. It, it is. That is my my trademark arrival. I'm here. <laughs> everything's broken. <laughs> Look, you're keeping us in suspense, Caitlin, and it was well worth the wait. Thanks. Yeah, I do like to do it just for yeah the dramatic arrival more than anything else. <laughs> Everyone knows when you come into the Zoom. Yeah. Anyway, I guess we better start off with our first question. I know you were saying that you've been dwelling on this all week, but it's finally come to this moment. If you were a drink at the bar, what would you be and why? Um, okay. So first of all, thanks for absolutely hurling us under the bus by saying we've been dwelling on it all week. <laughs> this is something that um, is going to be sorely disappointing for everyone that hears this. I've gone with an espresso martini because I'm very attention-seeking I'm impulsive, and as we've seen today, I leave a path of destruction in my way, usually. <laughs> How about you, Jada? Um, I have gone slightly different, still cocktail-themed. I've gone pina colada, and that is because mm. I'm basically always in holiday mood, and it's because I like getting caught in the rain. <laughs> Bye, Dorm. No, this anyway. was so good. I love the pina colada caught in the rain. That is a classic song. And that's, the sort of, that's the sort of thing that needs a week of research to come up with. That's incredible. <laughs> but Caitlin, that was one of the more self-deprecating ones that I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just, yeah, my, mine always, whenever I try and do things like this, they, they end up being either, like, incredibly depressing and bleak or um, really inappropriate. Like, I kept saying to Geneva, like, everything I'm coming up with is inappropriate. So <laughs> this was what we settled with. And, yeah, you're right, it's adequately sad. But there we go. <laughs> Very good. Well, look, we've alluded to in the uh, introduction that today's episode is all about expectations, the reality. So we're going to be rattling off a couple of things that we feel uh, uni students think of the commercial uh, world, the commercial law world, um, sort of common misconceptions, or maybe they are uh, not misconceptions, it's up to Geneva or Caitlin um, to decipher that for us. But yeah, we've got um, lucky enough to be joined by two people who have sort of seen it from both sides. Um, and we will start rattling off a couple of those theories that I suppose law students have. Georgia, if you want to get us underway. Yeah, I feel this is like uh, the law version of Mythbuster. Dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the first one that we wanted to know about is when working as a lawyer, which both of you do at Allen's, will you always be competing with your peers like Lewis Litt and Harvey Specter suit style or is it a nice environment to work in? The first thing I want to say about suits is one, if my coworkers looked like Harvey Specter, I would not be complaining. But two, <laughs> the thing that's most wild to me about that show is like all they seem to do is eat Chinese food in the office and like they never actually do any work. So in that respect, it's very different because we actually do work when we're in the office. Um, but in the sense of competition, absolutely no. I mean, obviously I can only speak for what it's like at Allen's, but for me, day one, the most important people for I guess for my success at Allen's or my like feeling of belonging there was my grad cohort. You know, these are the people who you turn to when you have silly questions or you're in a fluster and you're panicked. These are the people who are there to support you. So to view them as competition, I think would be, would really undermine your own self-interest because it would just sort of ruin your own experience. And I mean, the grad cohort I joined Allen's with are just this great group of people and I'm really good friends with a lot of them. So I definitely don't see them as competition and I don't think they would see me that way. We see each other as cheerleaders, basically. Yeah, I would agree with that, Geneva. I think that 
if anyone came in with kind of like cutthroat approach that we see in suits, um, I, I just don't think it would be that successful. I think that um, I, I like to, I, I seriously like cling to the other graduates for dear life most of the time. So if I was to ever see them as competition, I, I would just be like in a heap by the end of the day. So it's, um, it's almost the antithesis of that, I think. Mm. I loved how before we started, Geneva said that her first trip back into the office for a while during COVID was just filled with saying hello to people that she was so excited to see. I think it's a real testament to the culture. Yeah, I did probably uh, yeah. nothing that day. Don't let any of the partners who I work for listen to this, but I did nothing. <laughs> just took up space and had a lot of conversations. That is like 99% of the reason why I am in almost every day in the office, more so than anything else. But yeah, it's really that side of it that I think probably has been missed the most in, in COVID really. Mm. It's so nice to hear that it's quite a family. I'm looking forward to going back to uni to, for the same reasons, going and seeing friends and saying hi. Mm. And in a workplace, that's definitely not suits at all. Yeah. Mm, well, that is one myth busted. I'll be giving us an update as we, as we bust all of them. But uh, <laughs> the, second one, the second one that we are uh, talking about is, as a junior lawyer, you will never get to work directly with any of the partners or clients, true or untrue. Um, true. I'll start this one. Um, I work uh, directly with partners almost every day, I would say, if not every other day. Um, but that's, yeah, definitely just yeah, kind of um, not factual. Um, it's really a big part of, I suppose, with, with bigger matters, yeah, there's a lot more people in the chain and perhaps you're, you're going to have more frequent contact with um, perhaps associates and senior associates. But having said that, um, I, I rarely go a day or two without actually individually speaking with a partner about either a matter or just how things are going or um, anything else related to work or personal life or anything. So, um, yeah, have really good channels of communication all the way up there. Um, in terms of clients, uh, that changes. It depends um, on the practice group and, and the matters that you're working on. But um, I, I certainly have worked with clients and um, and I know that lots of people do very, very frequently. So, um, yeah, that's that's uh, busted, as they say. What would you say, Geneva? Anything to add? Uh, I disagree with everything you said. No, I. Um, <laughs> I it's definitely it's. I think one of the big things about Allen's is there's a really big focus on teaching and there's a real culture of, you know, passing knowledge on. So I can think most recently, you know, I've got a matter at the moment that's in court and I've spent several sessions in a partner's office while we draft together. Um, mm. And when I say together, I mean, he has lots of very bright, clever ideas and every now and then I try and add in one as well. But, <laughs> you know, seeing that that's actually then together, it's the process of creating the document that then we have filed at the court. So it's really not only am I working directly with him, but I'm learning from them um, and they have a real emphasis on making sure that we are learning and growing and we're not just here doing sort of grunt work or anything like that. And then, I mean, again, clients, I'm working with our clients directly every day. I have, you know, on one of my matters, a daily call with them. I'm the only person from Allen's who joins, you know, we're on the line. We have really good relationships. I know about their lives. I know about my life. Sometimes we recommend, you know, movies while people are in lockdown. Um, so that's, that's a really nice part of work. And I think, and for a lot of people, you know, Laura is a people business and it's all about relationships and building relationships with clients is really fun and exciting. And we're definitely encouraged to do that from day one, because that's really what, you know, that's what our firm's about. Mm. 
Do you feel that there, you have a bit of a mentorship relationship with some of the partners and you are building those relationships? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. it's funny because people always tell you, you need to like, go out and find a sponsor. And in some ways that's very true, but you often find that those sort of mentoring relationships happen really organically and people just look out for you and take you under their wing and, you know, offer you advice or ask you how you're doing. Um, and it's the same. It's not just partners. It's the other senior lawyers too. Like I've got really great relationships with some of the senior associates and managing associates, which makes work really fun and interesting. And, you know, you always feel supported. So if you have a real challenging issue on one matter, maybe the person that you want to talk to about it isn't on the matter, but they'll be happy to listen to you and give you some advice. I know that you both clerked with, uh, with Allen's and then you obviously work as semi-junior lawyers. Do you, is your job stapling paper, scanning, photocopying, shredding and remembering coffee orders? Or do you get to do some other things? Um, no, less stuff to do with paper uh, since March the 17th and more to do with online um, <laughs> filing. But no, overall, none of those things are really in my job. Um, I uh, am rapidly learning because, I, I mean, previously I've been a paralegal at other places um, where, you know, much smaller firms and I was kind of more of a, a one-man band. Um, and as a paralegal, that would all be part of the job. But I've kind of learned rapidly here um, that that's not really what um, the senior lawyers want me doing or the clients uh, want. So um, it, it's actually quite a, a nice adjustment. Um, you know, they, they're not upskilling you in, in scanning or photocopying. That's not what you're there for. So um, I, I haven't done uh, any of that. And indeed, when I attempted to put together a brief uh, the other week, I was um, quickly told that, that that's um, my time's better spent doing other things. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that that's a major part. Remembering my own coffee order is, is more um, on the <laughs> list of things for me to do each day. I mean, that's right. And especially for summer clerks, I mean, we count down to when the clerks come to join us. We're always so excited to have them in the office. And I know people, when they know the date that people are coming, start to put aside work for them that they need to have done, that they think will be interesting, that they want people to get involved in. So really from our perspective, like it's a waste of everyone's time if we just give people tasks that are you know really administrative and not legal i'd much prefer we have these amazing people who come in and i give them some thorny research tasks that i've not been able to do and two hours later they're like oh here's the answer and i just found it really quickly um so i much prefer when people can do those sorts of tasks uh, and it definitely helps the firm as a whole much more as well i'm sure they all much prefer to do that as well i think <laughs> and doing like research tasks i know i would my, me and my relationship with the photocopier is not a very good one at my work well they've just changed our swipe cards now and i can't remember what you're meant to do to activate the new ones so i suspect i'll be having some problems too with the photocopy that's it look paper jam well, is not the type of jam that you want <laughs> most i'd rather that yeah that's about that's your classic georgia dixon pun in there but um <laughs> we we are we are three from three on these myths there's eight of these by the way guys um so keep, keep stay with us um one that has definitely come out of my mouth and something that I've definitely assumed with a law firm, I'd love to hear your opinion on it. You have to work impossible hours to meet your billable hours targets. Geneva, if you want to kick us off. Uh, you, you don't, uh, I guess is the easiest way to bust that myth. It's, um, I don't know. I, I don't really think about it so much. I mean, we talk, I think I focused on the idea of targets a lot more when I was in uni because it seemed really foreign and frightening, but 
basically now, you know, I just do my days of work and the way that I record my time is I have a timer on my computer. So I just click go when I start and I click stop when I stop. And, you know, I, I don't find it wildly unachievable, which is sort of something that you do and it sits in the background and it's, yeah, I don't, it's just not so much of a big deal to me now. Um, and you definitely don't have to work impossible hours at all. It's like very realistic and achievable. Yeah. Um, to give you an idea of how front of mind it is for me, I had to ask Geneva um, if I did have a billable target before this interview. Um, <laughs> and um, if so, what was it? So I think that um, particularly when you're a junior, I, I mean, I can't speak for anything other than my first experience, but um, it, it's really not um, something that's kind of uh, hammered into you. Uh, it, it's more of just a, a timekeeping um, tool, I guess, um, which is the way that, you know, businesses and law work. Um, so yeah, like Geneva says, it kind of just runs in the background. You get used to timing it and then that's it. I haven't really thought about it more than that, um, billable targets. Yeah. And especially for, you know, when you've joined as a grad, I mean, we want for our grads, their focus to be on learning and, you know, taking the time that they want to do tasks and also taking time out to attend. So we have Cornerstone, which is a program that we run in everyone's first year where you go and, you know, you spend an hour or two listening to someone in the firm talk about their area of expertise, just so you've got an idea of sort of what happens in the firm and if you need to direct an issue somewhere where it should go. Um, and, you know, so we don't want people to be stressing out about, oh, but I'm not billing while I'm sitting here because there really is a big focus on learning and developing, especially in those first two years. Yeah. So is there an actual target that you're meant to meet or is it just making sure that you're productive every day, just in general? Yeah, like there's a notional target, but the thing is if you don't meet it, nothing ha happens. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just sort of a like here, this is what you should aim for through the month. But if you don't get there, it's like, oh, okay, do you have capacity to take on more work? And you say, oh, yeah, I do. Or you say, oh, no, actually, I was doing, you know, something else that much. You know what I mean? Like, there's no actual consequence. Really, the only consequence is if you are wildly above your target, people are like, whoa, you mm. are way too busy. How can we help you? Because this yeah. isn't right. It's yeah, that's it. That's the view, the yeah. Yeah, the only time I've ever heard it kind of raised is is when people um, are concerned that there's too much on someone's plate. Um, and like Geneva said, most, uh, you know, all the knowledge and learning um, time codes are doing most of the heavy lifting for the first mm. year anyway. So it's really not something to stress about. Oh, okay. That is relaxing and calming to hear about. <laughs> What's this being billed under? What time code? Is this what are you doing at Geneva, actually? I think I'm doing people. Yeah, I was going people. There's like a people <laughs> code when you just do like people-based tasks, like P&D related things. Oh, cool. It's so nice that they give you the time to be able to do stuff like this and talk to us. We're very honoured. Oh, we're really <laughs> excited. So we're yeah, that, that's why we do a podcast so that we can put people on our timesheet and just have yarns all day. <laughs> love, love a yarn all day. I don't think if me and Justin worked in the same office, we'd get much work done at all. No, not at all. <laughs> I guess in a similar vein to what we're talking about, next myth, um, you, the myth is that you'll never have a work-life balance. Um, well, I can kick this one off. Uh, for me, um, uh, this year and my experience at Allen's, um, uh, that couldn't be further from the truth. I have an, a really good work-life balance. Um, uh, the Legal Services Award is something um, that's, uh, I guess, become more prominent and um, Allen's has been really um, 
really strong on that um, this year and, and it's meant that um, our hours are very uh, tightly kind of monitored um, and, and that's been a really great thing and it's allowed us to kind of ease into um, working um, and doing our, you know, our GDLP or college as other places will do um, and, and kind of working to the firm and also ease into all of that in, in the context of a, a global pandemic and working from home. So I've been very grateful um, for that uh, and it's meant that um, I, I'm in a pretty positive headspace moving forward um, and, and I know that a lot of my, my peers are as well. Have you yeah. Geneva? Yeah, so well, I'm not covered by the same award. So once you're admitted, um, there's sort of the way that the award works is the sort of restrictions on how much you can work in a day. And that's mm -hmm. really trying to make sure that, you know, grad lawyers aren't being pumped. Um, so that said, you know, I've had periods where I've been working really long hours and I've been really tired. Um, but on the flip side, I've had lots of times where I've been much more quiet and everyone just leaves me alone because I've had a really busy period. Um, so it's really a matter, there's peaks and troughs in that sort of thing. I think when you come to a, a big law firm, you don't expect that you're going to finish at five every day for your whole career. Mm. Um, some days you do, some days you finish it earlier. Um, and another part of it too is because your hours are so variable, I mean, there's such flexibility through the day as well. Like if I take two hours for lunch, then I take two hours for lunch. You know, I've got a lot of control about that. But one thing I think I didn't really reflect on when I was in uni, looking at that and thinking, oh, my God, how could I ever work long hours, is I just kind of assumed there would be a, no motivation to work long hours. And I would think, oh, man, I'd be forced into it. This will be the worst thing ever. But mm. actually, my experience has been when I have been there late, it is, I have been there as part of a team. We have been together trying to get something done. And mm. I have never felt like, oh, you know, woe is me that I'm here because I felt like, yes, like we are here, we are doing this, how exciting. And it's sort of in a weird way been a positive experience because, yeah, even though it was, you know, later at night or, you know, it felt like a long day, I felt like we were really accomplishing something together. And so it was still a positive experience. Um, but I guess, yeah, the, the takeaway for me is that when I look at it, I think I do have work-life balance because sometimes I'm really busy and sometimes I'm not. And, you know, taken together, I don't think that, I've ever had to miss out on anything because of work. If I have stuff on, I just tell someone and say, look, I'm going to head out tonight. I've got, you know, my friend's birthday or whatever it is. And everyone's fine with that. So I definitely think if you come to a law firm, you will have work-life balance. Um, and it, it just might take a different form to what you've expected. You might not expect to like working late, but sometimes you really will because you'll be excited about it. I think at least one of my perspectives, and maybe that's from watching too much law-related television, is that you're sitting by yourself in a giant open plan office at late, late at night, the lights are off and there's one spotlight on you <laughs> being away and crying. <laughs> so no. I think it's not that. It's not like that. And especially, I mean, what's nice too is, you know, you'll have like partners and senior people that you're working for who are still there too. And they're checking in on you. And, you know, sometimes they might not even need to be there anymore, but they're just there to be part of the team. Um, and, you know, back when we used to, we used to be in the office, um, you know, if it was later, everyone would sit around and have dinner together. It wasn't like you at your desk huddled alone. It was like, you're a big family, you're having a chat and you're taking a break together and everyone's just sort of talking about what they're up to. So it was, it kind of used to be fun having the little dinners with everyone, but have you had a Chinese food suits moment? We, I actually ordered dumplings not that long ago when I was in the office. So that was fun. But actually, you know, they, they do dinner at work. So you don't even have to order in the Chinese food. 
Yeah, that's motivation, okay. <laughs> is the chef no. Oh, food, yeah, couldn't complain. Excellent. I just, sorry, one more question on the whole work-life balance thing, which you've probably semi-already covered, but do lots of people have families as well and they feel like that that's a thing that they can accomplish at the same time as working at a top-tier firm? Yeah. So I think there's, there's just a lot of trust, right? So everyone trusts that everyone else will get their work done. Um, and so whether you want to leave at five o'clock, go and spend time with your family and log back on later, or if you want to get up earlier and start your day earlier, I mean, it's totally up to you. Um, and definitely I see lots of people with families who are making that work, you know, and they're just finding the time that suits them. They're building their day in a way that, that helps them. And to be honest, one thing that has really emerged from COVID is that, um, that, that flexibility. I mean, we're all at home and we're all trusting each other to be doing the work. So people are doing what works for them. And so far there's been no problems. Do you see, even just following on from this point as well, Geneva, do you see um, some of these COVID practices working from home? Do you think they might become a little bit more common in Allens when the whole pandemic is over, if it's ever over? Yeah, well, we've had a lot of discussions about, you know, what comes next? Like, what have we learned from this period that we want to hold on to? So we're really in a process now of thinking like, well, what do people like? What's working for everyone? What's making people feel better about their work day? Um, and we're just thinking through how can we incorporate that moving forward? And as you say, it's hard to know what the world <laughs> looks like. I mean, do we ever go back to how things were? I, I don't know. Um, but I think there's a lot of opportunity to take some positives from this and really implement them in a way that changes people's work experience. Fantastic. Well, our next myth takes a little bit of a different, a different spin and it's about clients. So um, a lot of those shows that Georgia watches shows clients being difficult to deal with, constantly making impossible demands. Um, has that been your experience with clients, Geneva? Uh, certainly not mine. So I, um, as I said earlier, law is really a people business, right? So um, people who are at clients are, are just people um, and usually they're very lovely they're easy to get along with. I actually did a secondment earlier at the end of last year, at the beginning of this year um, to Westpac. And I had the best time. Like we just had so much fun. It was great getting to know everyone. Um, we spent a lot of time talking about maths because that was running at the time. So I, I really, I don't think that at all clients are just, they're just people, but in another workspace and they're asking you to do things and you get to be there to help support them through um, you know, what they're going through, Caitlin and I and their disputes team. So often when clients are coming to us, it's because there's something going wrong or um, there's a big investigation. So you get to be there to support them and help guide them through that, which I think is actually a really nice part of the relationship. So we just come off clerkship season, as everyone here would well know, and there's been a lot of anxiety about that. Caitlin, one of the myths being floated around that is if you don't uh, make your way into a top tier commercial law firm through a clerkship, there is no other way in. Uh, is that been your experience? Have you seen people who have done it other ways? Well, I mean, in my experience, I, I came through the clerkship route. Um, however, that's certainly not to say that's the only way into a corporate law firm. Um, there are plenty of people that work at Allens that have come across from different places uh, at different stages um, and rather than through a clerkship. Uh, and really, I understand that's just kind of on a on a, a, a needs basis. So um, whilst that's only what Allen's does, other firms uh, may do um, rounds of graduate recruitment, not through uh, clerkships uh, whenever it's needed. So yeah, it's it's really not the case that that's the only path. Um, and uh, even 
even if you are doing a clerkship, I would say that I have so many amazing people in my cohort um, that did other things before they did a clerkship. So, um, yeah, that clerkship isn't the only route and not everyone uh, doing a clerkship is coming from the same place or at, is at the same stage of their life or their career. Yeah, and I think I, I would just really want to emphasise that to any students who are listening because I know that when you're applying for clerkships, it really does feel like that that's it, that it's all or nothing and, like, you know, you'll never get a job or be a lawyer. Or, like, but it, it's really just not the case. And I think if it's something you're really passionate about and it's something you really want to do, you will get there and there are different pathways to getting there. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach. So, you know, if you do find that you're really struggling through the clerkship process and you're upset with how it's turning out I think really don't don't give up hope and don't think that it's all over because there's no stopping you from coming in through a different way yeah it's not the be all and end all and also corporate law isn't the be all and end all there are other areas of law um, and there are many different pathways into every every avenue good hit there's still hope for us out there there's always hope if there's hope for me there's hope for anyone (laughs) well i guess this brings us to our last question uh our tally so far has been all myths busted uh but our last one is uh that commercial law is dull and monotonous is that something that you would agree or disagree with imagine if we just came on here and we're like yeah our jobs are real boring no <laughs> one should do this <laughs> sorry we can't pass this one. we didn't um, have this... a plan for any of the myths just being completely agreed with we didn't know what to do there <laughs> <laughs> um i i went into clerkship thinking that like sincerely thinking like oh well i guess this is it you know i'll just be bored forever um and it wasn't until I actually started Allen's. I remember I was about three weeks in and I came home to my mum and dad and I was like, guys, I think I want to be a lawyer. And they were like, yeah, isn't that why you're working? And I was like, no, but now I actually think I want to be a lawyer. Like I just enjoyed it so much. And I was genuinely surprised by how much I enjoyed it. And I, I guess the thing with a place like Allen's is like, it's quite big. There's lots of different corners of the firm. I mean, Caitlin and I are in our disputes team, but that's just one type of law that you can practice and I personally find it really interesting you know I've worked on like financial crime matters I have matters in court and it's just to me really interesting going and seeing very clever people argue you know really technical points that you spent five or six years studying and you get to see it in practice so I definitely don't think it's boring and I think that everyone will find different aspects of it interesting and so it's just about navigating that process, talking to people and trying to find out what things will interest you. Because for litigation, like I love doing, for example, bits of research and finding case law and saying, hey, this applies here. I mean, I remember my first year, I did a piece of research and I found a case and I was like, great, this like quite closely mirrors our dispute. We had this interlocutory hearing and we used that case and the judge agreed with us. And in his judgment, he mentioned the case too. And I was like, I found that. Like, that's in a judgment because I did it. So to me, that was really exciting and not at all dull and monotonous. But Caitlin, I don't know if you, what's your view been? Yeah. I mean, I guess I was similarly um, surprised. Um, I don't know whether everything around me seems to be kind of chaotic and um, interesting and erratic. And I love that because it's just problem solving all of the time. I mean, obviously some people structure their workflow in a much better way than me, but I love the idea that I come into work one day like last week I was like taking pictures of like Japanese faxes on Google translate and then like sending them through to my friend being like, I think this says product. 
Like, I don't know what I'm actually going to be doing until I get in. Um, I have a vague idea, but I like the idea that it, it, it changes so much. And, you know, from the breadth of work, particularly in disputes and also in the pro bono work that I'm involved in at the moment, um, means that you really get to see a lot of different corners of legal practice. And those are, by virtue of being corners of the law, they are kind of corners of life, I suppose. This is sounding way too deep, but really it's, it's very profound. I don't know what's coming out of me, so I'm write this down. Um, but I think that you do get exposure to um, uh, people and ideas and situations that you never ordinarily would um, because you're problem solving the whole time. So, yeah, I, I would say um, that expectation shifted quite quickly for me once I arrived. Um, but I, I also was determined to believe that it was incredibly dull um, and boring and I'd be doing the same thing every single day. And it's, yeah, it's not that. And I think the other thing to note too is like the people who work at our clients are really bright. You know, they're not, they are really, really experts in their field and they know their business back to front. So when there's something that they need that little bit of extra help with, you know, maybe because Alan's has particular expertise in a field, but it's because it's not just a really simple question. Like mm -hmm. they're coming to us because it is difficult and because there's a lot mm -hmm. to manage or it's, it's something novel. Um, and, you know, if you're at uni and you like problem solving and you, you like that process of trying to work through difficult questions, not saying that you have to like doing problem questions, but that kind of way of thinking is something that you get to do every day, which I think is really exciting. And, you know, I always wanted to be like stimulated intellectually at work and definitely every day at Allen's is like that. Yeah. And it's not all um, legal work as well. I think that's one of the great things about joining um, a, a firm, I guess, like Allen's is that for some like unknown reason, they have given me a platform with Geneva to just like wax lyrical about my stream of consciousness every day. Like these are the kind of things that are, you know, not really on the kind of job description, I suppose, of being a lawyer, but um, firms want you to make work uh, enjoyable and interesting and productive and progressive. And all of those things mean that you're not doing the same thing every day. And there's definitely no better evidence to that than Alan's letting you guys start a podcast. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. They're so encouraging. They love it. Yeah. yeah Stage they mums. Really do. <laughs> do you find that the lawyers re are almost competing to come onto the podcast or love an e email from you wanting to be? A uh, bit of a mix. I think some people are really excited and some people just don't crave the spotlight the way that Caitlin and I do and sort of be dragged reluctantly onto it. Well, but everyone's always a good sport. <laughs> we've got that in common. Me and Justin love <laughs> a little spotlight as well. It's why we started our podcast. Loves a it's chat. a special person to start a podcast. Uh, I agree. <laughs> you can use it as a platform to talk to people that probably necessarily wouldn't want to talk to you. Otherwise. Yeah, it's a, a one-way conversation. What more could you want? <laughs> Answer all my questions about lawyers, please. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you, uh, Geneva and Caitlin, for coming onto the podcast today. Uh, you have, I think, our grand total of busting every single myth. Uh, and wow. hopefully, I know I'm excited for a career in law, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are as well. Well, I'd like to say to everyone listening as well, go and check out the Alan's Confidential podcast as well. It's one of my favourites and uh, we 
I've really enjoyed speaking to Geneva and Caitlin about that. I was having a bit of a fangirl moment before we started. Privately, <laughs> thank God before the Zoom came on. Uh, but anyway, thank you for coming onto the podcast. I've been Georgia. I've been Justin. And we'll see you next time on the bar. <laughs>